Hi, I'm Mark van Wezemaal. I'm the CEO of Euritz. Uh, welcome to IP Fridays. Hello and welcome to this episode of IP Fridays. Our names are Ken Suzanne and Rolf Clayson, and this is the podcast dedicated to intellectual property. It does not matter where you are from, in-house or private practice, novice or expert. We will help you stay up to date with current topics in the fields of trademarks, patents, design and copyright, discover useful tools, and much more. Welcome to episode 52 of IP Fridays. We are proud to serve you the 52nd episode and we already delivered 50, over 50,000 total episodes, MP3 downloads to our listeners. And we currently have more than 3,000 downloads of our episodes um, from the different parts of the world from a total of 104 different countries. Our second anniversary is coming up at the INTA meeting in Orlando and so we are celebrating. We are inviting our listeners to an IP Fridays meetup during the INTA meeting in Orlando. So you can meet us on the 24th of May at 5 p.m. at Taverna Opa, OPA, near the convention center in Orlando. And if you want to find out more details, you can head over to ipfridays.com slash meetup, ipfridays.com slash M-E-E-T-U-P. You have to sign up for the event to enter and uh, the first 20 tickets are free. And after that, each ticket will be $50, uh, not to make any money, but to cover our costs for any additional guests. So uh, feel free to head over to that URL and reserve your ticket today. You will be able to meet both Ken and me, the hosts, and uh, all the other guests and listeners in the shows. Some of our interview partners will also come to this event. So uh, it will be lots of fun. And we will be there for around two hours and have some drinks and some little snacks with you. So since both of us, Ken and I, will be in uh, Orlando in the end of May, we will have the chance to interview a lot of guests there. So if you are interested in being on the show as an interview partner, feel free to drop us a line and uh, we can arrange uh, the interview with you. And of course, tell us what you would like to talk about. And uh, we would really love to have you on the show um, as it has always been fun to have listeners on the show as interview guests. Our interview guest of this show is Peter Dernberg. Pete, if you don't know who Peter is, he is the co-chair of the INTA annual meeting in Orlando this year. And uh, in his real life, he is a partner with Winkler Partners since uh, 2003 and heads their intellectual property law practice. And he will tell us a lot about the INTA meeting, what we can expect in Orlando and what he thinks about INTA and how he joined the IP profession. So, Ken, thank you for interviewing Peter. 
Ralph, I am joined today by Peter Dernbach, who is co-chairing the 2016 INTA annual meeting in Orlando, Florida this May. Peter is also a partner with Winkler Partners in Taiwan, where he heads their intellectual property law practice. Peter has substantial experience in the fields of intellectual property, competition, and corporate law. He has advised international clients in the internet, food, snack food, pet care, high technology, and travel and leisure industries on the acquisition and protection of trademark rights and copyrights in Taiwan and around the world. Through WIPO, he has served as a panelist in over 60 domain name disputes brought under ICANN's UDRP system. Welcome, Peter, to IP Fridays. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. Peter, you are a co-chair of the 2016 INTA Annual Conference. Can you tell us a bit about the association and the annual event? Sure. Uh, the International Trademark Association is the world's largest association of brand owners and trademark professionals. And every year we have an annual meeting in May, which brings together thousands of trademark professionals from around the world for a week-long meeting of uh, great educational programming, a lot of networking opportunities, and a chance to connect with existing clients, uh, firms that we work with from around the world, as well as to meet new people. Mm-hmm. And when were you appointed co-chair for the annual conference? Uh, give us a little bit of an idea of the preparations that you've been involved in. Sure. Well, the uh, the annual meeting, as I mentioned, is uh, probably the world's largest uh, meeting of trademark professionals. This year, we hope that there will be as many as 10,000 people attending the meeting. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, understandably, there's a lot of preparation that goes into a meeting of that scale. Yeah, I can imagine. So, I was approached to uh, co-chair the meeting with Rick McMurtry from Turner Broadcasting in the fall of 2014, so more than a year ago. Mm-hmm. And the process is that we try to identify, first we identify a team, uh, a project team leaders. So we're very fortunate to be uh, to be joined by some incredible people who are not only excellent lawyers, but really wonderful people to, to work with. And with those project team leaders, we then build out a program that will have programming for everybody. There will be some uh, U.S.-focused programming. There will be international programming. There are regional updates, as well as industry breakouts. Mm-hmm. So over the course of the, the previous years, we've been working with the project team leaders to identify timely, topical, and interesting uh, topics to raise, and then identifying moderators and speakers for all of the various sessions. So this year we're in Orlando, Florida. What's unique about this year's event and what are you most excited about? Well, I'm personally most excited about the programming because I know how much work has gone into it and I really do think that we have a lot of innovative programming. We have some things uh, that are unique. For example, a, a program on mediation where you actually get to witness a real-life mediation experience. There are going to be industry breakouts like we haven't seen before where we have uh, one that's looking at the pharma industry and all of the branding issues that arise from the legalization of marijuana. Oh, that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's a very topical, timely uh, issue that not a lot of us have dealt with, but it's going to become increasingly important not only in the United States but also in other countries around the world. Mm-hmm. There's another industry breakout that looks at the the sharing economy, you know, whether we're talking about Uber, Airbnb, things like that, particular issues 
that arise uh, in the sharing economy that are a little bit different than in some of the other industries. Mm-hmm. So I'm personally most excited about the, the content of the programming. I think it's going to be really exciting, and I think that there really is something for everybody. Now, let's get let's talk about when you joined INTA. When did you join INTA, and how has your participation increased over the years? Well, I think the first meeting I went to was in 1998, so it goes back quite a ways. And I have to say that the first couple of years, I really only attended the annual meeting. I wasn't that active, but it was when I started to join the committees where I really became more active in the association, and that's really where the bulk of the work of the association takes place. Mm -hmm. Through the committee work, I've been able to work with people from all around the world on different topics. I've been on the uh, famous and well-known Marks Committee. I've been on the Design Rights Committee. I've been on the Emerging Issues Committee. I've been on the Programs Committee. And through the different committee work, you get to see the work of the organization, whether it's on the advocacy, on the programs, the content development, or the editorial process. So I think that you get a better view of what's going on as well as what issues are currently top of mind for the mind of brand owners and other trademark professionals. Now, we're going to be in Orlando, Florida. Anything uh, particular to note for entertainment or otherwise while uh, attendees are at the conference? Of course. Well, obviously, Orlando is is well known as an entertainment uh, destination, and I know a lot of people are uh, planning on bringing family to join them after the meeting. I know my co-chair, Rick McMurtry, said that his boys can't wait until the meeting's over and they're <laughs> going to hit many of the parks. Sure. But, um, but I also think that it's, it's actually a place that a lot of people haven't been to for a conference uh, of this size, and I think it's going to work well. There's a, we're all right there at the convention center, and there are a number of hotels in the hotel block for INTA, and I think that people will be pleasantly per- surprised and how well it works for a conference of this size. How is the attendance looking so far based upon the records that you're seeing at INTA for signing? So far, the, so far the registrations look good. We're tracking a little ahead of uh, what they did where they were last year in San Diego. Mm-hmm. But uh, every year the annual meeting uh, consistently sets a high bar. It's definitely a professional conference that you don't want to miss. And, uh, of course, everybody, every organization, whether you're a brand owner, law firm, or other service provider, has to make a determination about how many people to, to send. Mm-hmm. But we hope that another attractive feature of Orlando is that it is relatively easy to get to, whether you're coming uh, domestically from the United States or internationally. There are a lot of international flights that, that do go to Orlando, as well as there being a number of hotels in the room block and in the area that are at a, at a reasonable price point. So we're hoping that that encourages some younger professionals, some uh, trademark administrators and paralegals, to also get a chance to come and attend the annual meeting. Switching gears a little bit, you're on the INTA Board of Directors. Uh, can you share with us some of the goals and challenges for the association uh, that were discussed? Sure. The, uh, the Board of Directors, of course, has the ultimate responsibility for working with the CEO and the executive of the association to uh, direct the association currently and into the future. So it divides into a few different areas. We're very active, of course, in all the advocacy work that the association is doing, looking at the governance. There was a task force last year that looked at the governance of the association and has uh, made 
proposals for amendments to the bylaws and a code of policies, as well as looking for the strategic direction. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm honored to be one of the members of the board of directors, and this year I'm actually on the planning committee, which is led by Joe Ferretti, and we're looking at the strategic plan. And uh, IMTA comes up with a strategic plan that will go over several years, and then that will be used to help direct the uh, or help guide the direction of the association into the future. So it's actually a really exciting opportunity for me, and I'm very uh, honored to be part of the board. You're actively involved also in as a lawyer looking at all sorts of challenging issues every day, I'm sure. Uh, what particular challenges are IP rights holders facing today, at least from what you can see from your practice? Well, I think that uh, there are a couple of different uh, issues that, that many uh, IP rights holders are facing today. The first is that we're still coming to terms with the Internet and the virtual world. You know, I think that we've developed a relatively sophisticated uh, toolbox of how to deal with, you know, uh, counterfeit products in, in the physical marketplace, brick and mortars, uh, that type of enforcement. And I think that the uh, evolution and the speed at which uh, commerce changes makes it challenging for us as lawyers to uh, adapt quickly and to come up with with tools that are as effective at, at addressing those new challenges. Mm -hmm. So I think that the, the speed at which commerce is changing makes it a little bit more challenging for the law itself and lawyers who are trying to protect the rights of brand owners to, to keep up with some of that. Another thing I think uh, that we've seen for many of our clients is that uh, it's increasingly important that IP counsel and trademark counsel are informed about areas outside that central core of, of trademark law. They're increasingly also being responsible for um, uh, advising their internal business clients on advertising, marketing, promotions, data protection, different issues that that are adjacent to, but not necessarily squarely in the center of what had been their role before. So I think that it's it's increasingly becoming uh, necessary for IP counsel to become um, renaissance men and women and to really have a, a well-developed uh, toolbox that they can use and use those tools as appropriate to each challenge. One final question, Peter, for today's interview, and that is what drew you to practicing IP? What was it that said, this is the thing for me? Well, it's, a, it's an interesting question, and it's uh, part of it is just dumb luck, I have to admit. Uh, mm -hmm. I definitely was interested in intellectual property, and I'm interested in just the creative process uh, to begin with. So when I was uh, in school and then in law school, it was definitely something that I was aware of and, and attracted to. But I was fortunate in my first job out of law school to be exposed to both corporate transactional work and intellectual property work. And after a while of uh, practice, I realized that not only did I enjoy the intellectual challenge of the intellectual property work, but I really liked the clients and the lawyers from instructing counsel that I was working with. And I think that that's something that makes the IP practice truly unique is that most of the relationships that you have with your clients and clients have with counsel go on for a long term. It's a long-term relationship where you're really looking after the best interests of the brand owner, uh, in the case of trademarks, for the long term. 
because you're really custodians for them and you want to you want to obtain and enforce the rights as appropriate so that they can continue to be real assets for the company going forward and continue to protect consumers from uh, confusion and from being taken advantage of. So I think that really what drew me was it was a combination of the intellectual challenge of the work itself in the area of law, but even more importantly, the quality of the connections that I made with the other lawyers that I worked with and the, the clients that I worked with. Peter, I want to thank you for joining us today here on IP Fridays. I know everyone who's planning to attend the upcoming annual meeting for INTA uh, will be in for a real treat. Great. Well, we look forward to seeing everybody in Orlando. See you soon. Cheers. That's it for this episode. If you liked what you heard, please show us your love by visiting ipfridays.com slash love and tweet a link to this show. We would be so grateful if you would do that. It would help us out to get the word out. Also, please subscribe to our podcast at ipfridays.com or on iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you have a question or want to be featured in one of the upcoming episodes, please send us your feedback at ipfridays.com feedback. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. You can go to ipfridays.com iTunes and it will take you right to the correct page on iTunes. If you want to get mentioned on this podcast or even have comments within the next episode, please leave us your voicemail at ipfridays.com voicemail. You have been listening to an episode of IP Fridays. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of nor are they endorsed by their respective law firms. None of the content should be considered legal advice. The IP Fridays podcast should not be construed as legal advice or legal opinion on any specific facts or circumstances. The contents of this podcast are intended for general informational purposes only and you are urged to consult your own lawyer on any specific legal questions. As always, consult a lawyer or patent or trademark attorney. Copyright 2014, all rights reserved.